Welcome to the podcast of Church on the Rock in New Albany, Indiana. We believe the message you're about to hear will encourage you today. So, we'll start in John 16. We've been preaching a series about the Holy Spirit on Sunday mornings. We're going to continue that. First of all, thank you, Jared, for taking up the offering. Didn't he do a great job? We're thankful for you and your whole family. We're glad you're here. I want to say something else before we turn and read in John 16. That um, you made your pastor happy this week. Finally, it took 33 years, but you did it. You made it. No, joking. But I've encouraged life groups for year after year after year. Because I know it will help you. How many parents in here, you know you encourage your kids? to do something over and over again, and they don't get it sometimes. You're like, if you would just do this, you, this would help you. I feel like that sometimes as the pastor in life groups. If you guys just did this and not show up once to your life group and say it didn't work, or not hit and miss, or, or take, a, take a break from fellowship for a season. It's not in the Bible. Take, take a break from community because it's stressing you out because you need accountability in your life. You, you need this. But I've been saying it year after year after year after year. It's starting to work, which is exciting. But let me tell you, you put a smile on your pastor's face because all week it seemed like I just kept being reminded that people were doing life together, and I didn't have to be there. Isn't that awesome? It's like you guys actually were with each other because you guys have the same Holy Spirit I do. I don't need to be in the room there. God's speaking to you guys and ministering to you guys. I'm not there because you got your own gifts and graces. And so Wednesday, the quarry was up here. They convinced me. I don't know if Josh was here, Josh for Renfro. He convinced me to play basketball for an hour. That was a bad decision. <laughs> but I played. But Wednesday night, we had people meeting. During the week, we had people meeting. I came up here Saturday morning, and Natalie and I were doing some stuff in my office, and I saw there was a good group of men in the back meeting. Right after I left, Josh Lowry sent me a text. They were out bowling for their life group, and Brother Les was destroying everybody. (laughs) And I was like, now this is what I'm talking about. We got people fellowshipping and doing life together on Monday night, on Tuesday night. People were here Wednesday night and Thursday night and Saturday morning. And I know there's a lot of life groups that happen tonight at this church. And there's some this afternoon. There's all sorts of people meeting because they want to be together and they want to do life together. I'm like, it's working. It's starting to work. And I know those of you who have actually been there and invested in it with a good attitude, it's starting to change your life. It's starting to change things in your life and encourage you and strengthen you and help you. So let's just stay with it. Come on, guys. Stay with it. This is awesome. I was just so excited and happy that people are actually listening. Isn't that nice? And it's going to help you in your own personal life. And I think you're starting to see the results of that. Even if Brother Les has to destroy you in a bowling match. So I think that's awesome. That's so awesome you're doing life together. But let's turn to John 16. We're starting verse 5. It's about the Holy Spirit. It says, but now, this is Jesus speaking, red letter. But now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you ask, where are you going? But because I've said these things, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage you got to underline that if you have that in your Bible. Underline it, circle it, highlight it, whatever you got to do. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, that's the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they do not believe in him, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more, and of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Now stay with me. And I still have many things to say to you, that's Jesus speaking, but you cannot bear them now. However, 
Come on now, somebody. When he, why? Because the Holy Spirit is a person, not a force. The Spirit of truth has come. He will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. And he will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Jesus speaking about the Holy Spirit. So if you're taking notes today, the title of my message is Your Divine Advantage. Your Divine Advantage. On Sunday mornings, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. Who is he? What does he do? And we've been talking about he is God. He is a person. And he is the most important thing for the life of the believer. We are living in the age and the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. Right now, today. Since Jesus ascended to heaven, he sent back the Spirit of God. And we are living in those days of the Holy Spirit. It's been 2,000 years since the day of Pentecost. And the Spirit of God is still here. Helping the church fulfill and complete the mission of God. And Jesus will not come back until the mission is accomplished, until all know about him. He will not come back. And that's why your Bible says the Spirit, Holy Spirit, and the bride, which is the church, say, come. Because until the Spirit and the church finishes the mission of God, he will not come back. He's given people an opportunity to repent, to change, and to give them an opportunity to give their life to him. But who helps us do that? The Holy Spirit. But today I want to get into some real practical things on how does he help you? He's called the helper, but how does he really help me? He's called the helper, but practically in my daily life, how does the Holy Spirit help me? I got some really good things to share with you today. Because he wants to help you, not just on church days. We got to get out of that mindset. He wants to help you, not just during worship. He wants to help your everyday life practically in a way that can change it and real, true, genuine help. That's why he's called the helper. So we see that Jesus talks a lot about the Holy Spirit in John 14, John 15, and John 16. You can write those down. You can read them later. All, four, all three of those chapters, John 14, 15, and 16, that's where we're going to hang out a lot today. But in those chapters, Jesus is teaching his disciples, and he's also praying with his disciples because he's about to go to the cross, and he's about to die for our sins and rise from the dead. But how many know you tell people the most important things before you're about to die? You don't, you don't talk about the game that you missed out on. You don't talk about uh, unimportant things. You talk about what's more important. In John 14, 15, and 16, he constantly is talking about the Holy Spirit coming. Because that is the most important thing they need to remember. Because when he's gone, he's going to send the Holy Spirit to help them. Now let's look at John 14. Back to John 14, chapter 16. Jesus speaking, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another. Now, let's stop right there. He will give you another. Can I teach before I preach? He will give you another. Now, when it says another, he's talking about someone who is the same as me. Not lesser than, not greater than, the same as me. Because the Spirit is God just as much as the Son is God. And just as much as the Father is God. God is one God, three persons, Father, Son, and Spirit. But notice he's saying, I'm going to give you another, not lesser than me. It's it's not a downgrade. This is to your advantage. And I'm going to give you another just like me. I will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. Stop right there. You can't see him 
because he's a spirit. And the spirit is not unreal, but it's unseen. And the world does not recognize the Holy Spirit. And whether they know it or not, they are already influenced by spirits, just not the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Because spirits are real. And the spirit world is more real than the physical world. And they are influencing things for the good and the bad, for, for positive or negative, all around the planet today. Whether people know it or perceive it or not, they are still being influenced by either the Holy Spirit or an evil spirit. And, and it says here that this spirit, he's not an evil spirit. He is the spirit of truth. God himself, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But notice he says to his disciples, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Now I'm teaching you here. Because in the Old Testament, which they were still living under that old covenant right then when Jesus said that, the Holy Spirit could not be in them because they were not a clean vessel. And that's why he says that you know him because he, he's with you, but he's not in you yet. Because I have to die on the cross, and I have to pay the sacrifice for sin, and I need to cleanse you and make you right and make you holy because a holy God cannot dwell in an unholy vessel. So I have to clean the inside of the cup, in the words of Jesus, so the outside can be clean. And I need to clean you and make you right and make you holy, and I'm going to do that by what I do on the cross and when I rise from the dead, and then you will be a vessel that the Holy Spirit doesn't have to just visit on nights and weekends. But the Holy Spirit's not just going to visit you. He's going to live in you. And when he comes in you, he's going to live in you and abide with you forever. That's why the Bible says he will never leave us nor forsake us. How does he do that? Because the Holy Spirit now lives in us. Wherever I go, he goes. Whatever I say, he hears. Wherever I go on this planet, if I take an airplane... If I go to the beach or if I go to the mountains, he is there. Because the Holy Spirit not sh- is not just with me, but he is in me. So how many know when he said that, he's speaking prophetically about the days we live in today. He dwells in us. Verse 18. And I will not leave you orphans. And in that good news, I will come to you. Now how does he come to us? He comes to us in the person of of Jesus through the Holy Spirit. He comes to us and he indwells us now as a believer with the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God comes in us and makes us alive. It gives us a new spirit, but now that spirit dwells in us. And he lives in us forever. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. That spirit, the helper, the Holy Ghost is in us now. Let's turn back over to John 16. You follow me so far? John 16. I love this. Jesus still speaking about the Holy Spirit. Now you realize we have chapters. Those are put in later. When Jesus was talking, John 14, 15, and 16, he was just talking. There was no chapters. There was no separation. They're all part of the same thought and idea. John 16 and verse 5. But now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you ask, where are you going? In verse 6, but because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Now let's stop right there. Now Jesus is talking to his disciples and saying, I'm about to go away, guys. Now, I don't know. Sometimes we're too harsh on the disciples. They didn't have the rest of the book to figure out what he was saying. We act like, well, I wouldn't have done that. You would have done the same thing. Because you didn't have the whole story. You didn't see the full picture. They did not have the next chapter of the book to know what Jesus was about to do. They were living it. 
And so you can imagine this. They had given up everything to follow Jesus for three years. They've given up their family. They had given up their friends. They have given up their careers. They have given up everything, these 12 disciples, to follow Jesus for three years. They ate with him, and they prayed with him, and they did ministry with him, and they traveled with him, and they listened to him for three years straight, and they're planning to take over. And Jesus says, I'm out, guys. What? (laughs) Not cool, Jesus. I'm out, guys. If any of us were in that situation, we'd say, what the heck? Really? We have big plans, Jesus, remember? We're trying to take over the world, remember, Jesus? We got big plans. We're going to restore the kingdom of God. We're going to do all these big things, Jesus. We've been doing this for three years. It's been awesome. We've seen it grow. We've seen people change. We've seen blind eyes open. We've seen people delivered. We've seen people healed. We've seen people changed. And now you're out? You're gone. And it says in that passage, sorrow has filled your heart. Yeah. Yes. They were grieving. They were sad. They were upset because they loved Jesus. And Jesus said, I got to go. But you got, why? How are you going to go somewhere? We're just getting going good. And notice what Jesus said. Let's put verse 7 back up here. Nevertheless, because he, he, he knew what they were feeling. He is God. I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. It's to your advantage. Let's leave this verse up here. It's to your advantage. He knew they were scared. He knew they were fearful. He knew they were grieving the loss of him, but he said, don't be scared. I'm not going to leave you. I'm just going to come in a different form in the person of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to come back and I'm going to help you and I'm going to live in you. But Realize it's to your advantage that I go. It's to your advantage. Now, how can it be to their advantage that he goes away? Well, I'm going to tell you a few things why it's to their advantage that Jesus left and sent the Holy Spirit. One thing is when Jesus was in his earthly ministry, he was in a physical body, meaning he could only be at one place at one time. Some, some of you are like, I wish Jesus was still on the earth so I could go visit him. No, you don't. You have to get a plane ticket because you're going to Israel. And you imagine a billions of people trying to talk to him when he's walking around Israel. No, you don't wish he was still here. When Jesus was here in physical form, he was at one place and at one time and could only talk to one person at one time. He said, it's to your advantage that I go because when I send the Spirit, He is omnipresent. And that means He is everywhere present at the same time because He is God. And so He can talk to you in Korea and He can talk to you in Germany and He's not distracted. He's everywhere present. He can talk to you in Africa and He can talk to you in Asia. He's everywhere present. And the Spirit of God is out there throughout the whole earth, not just a specific location in Israel in a physical body. So it's to your advantage that he goes away because if he does not go away, the Spirit of God cannot come and be omnipresent, everywhere present. And because he's God, he's not just everywhere present, but he can hear all couple billion people at the same time praying and meet all their needs how can he do that I don't know he's God and we are not but if you were still dealing with Jesus in a physical body you would have to wait in line I got an issue Jesus okay well you're number one billion and two so it's going to be a little bit of a wait So it's to our advantage that he left and he went to heaven and he sent back the Spirit of God. And when Jesus told them that, they didn't get it yet. But then if you read the book of Acts, they realize it was better. 
It was to our advantage because now he's not just in one place. He's living through us, and the gospel is going throughout the whole world, and we are changing the world, and the Spirit of God is with all of us at the same time, giving us the power and ability to do God's will. Jesus was Emmanuel, which is God with us. But the Holy Spirit is not God just with us. It's God in us. Wherever we go, he goes. I love there's a passage in the book of Psalms that says, wherever I go, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, you're there. If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I go to a Greek island beach and try to hide behind a palm tree, guess what? You're there. If I try to go to a mountaintop where there's snow and there's no people and there's just a couple of billy goats on the side of a mountain, guess what? He's there. Why? Because he's not just with us. He's in us. And wherever we go, he goes because he's the spirit of God. He is omnipresent. Everywhere present. I love that because he is God. It's to our advantage that he went away. But know this. He says, Just as the Father sent me, I'm going to send him. As the Father sent me, I'm going to send him. The Father's gift to the world was Jesus. God so loved the world, that's the Father, that he gave his one and only Son. But... There's another gift. But Jesus' gift to the church is the Holy Spirit. So just like we could say God so loved the world that he gave Jesus, Jesus so loved the church that he gave the Spirit. (laughs) It's a gift. And if we're living without the gift, we're doing without. Because it's to our advantage. The Spirit of God is to our advantage. I love that. It's interesting, this past week, I listened to a lot of podcasts, a lot of podcasts throughout my week. Listen to stuff on leadership. I listen to stuff about health. I don't do it, but I have it, so I can tell you guys about it. I do the exercise part, just not the eating part yet. I'm going there. My words are working for me. They'll get there eventually. But I listen to a lot of preachers, a lot of preachers from all over the body of Christ, different styles, different different ways they preach, different backgrounds, different denominations. It's interesting. I get a lot of those on Monday because they all preach it on Sunday. On Monday, I started scrolling through my podcast. Guess what? This pastor in Cleveland started a series on the Holy Spirit. This pastor in Tulsa started a series on the Holy Spirit. This pastor in Branson, one of my favorites, Keith Moore, started a series about faith and the power in the Holy Spirit. Is it a coincidence? I don't think so. I think when God starts speaking to people, all of the people that are listening start preaching on the same thing at the same time. I know that used to happen back in the day when dad would be preaching on a specific thing and he'd start talking about faith. The next week we would hear, this person's preaching about faith and this person's emphasizing faith and this person's emphasizing faith. Because if you're listening, you should be in the same flow. And we're talking about some of these people don't believe all the same things we believe necessarily. Some of them do, some of them don't. And they're all emphasizing the Holy Spirit. Because God is trying to tell us something. But, I, but a point I wanted to make about that, you know, the Bible says it's to your advantage. Well, I was listening to one of the guys I listened to. His name's Pastor Michael Todd, Transformation Church. It's in Tulsa. He started a new series about the Holy Spirit, and he called it The Upgrade. And I said, okay. I had been preaching about this for a few weeks, but I like that word. Because that's the same thing as Advantage. God has an advantage for you. It's the Holy Spirit. And he said it's the divine upgrade is the Holy Spirit. But think about this. And I want to share a few things he said. I'm going to give him credit for this because I listened to him this week. So good. The Bible says advantage, but a more modern word would be upgrade. We understand that. 
An upgrade is something that, let's just say you're going to get a car and you could get the basic version or you could get the upgraded version. Now, the upgraded version has heated seats. Now, we can thank the Lord for that in Southern Indiana. The upgraded version has the leather, has the nice trim, has the better sound system. Come on now, somebody. With better speakers. So in case you want to bump it a little bit. Yeah, your pastor bumps it a little bit in his car. The speakers won't blow out. It's got a good sound system. It's got all the, the, the nice things on it. Or you could drive your 1970 Ford Pinto. The thing is, a lot of believers are still driving the 1970 Ford Pinto saying, I got all the Holy Ghost I needed when I got saved. When God has provided an upgraded, deluxe version, super nice Mercedes Benz with all the bells and whistles that you didn't have to pay for, you just receive. It's an upgrade. And how many of us would say, listen, if someone said the upgrade is paid for and you said no thank you, what would you be thinking? Jesus didn't say there's an upgrade, but you're going to have to pay a little bit extra for that. He said there's an upgrade, there's an advantage that I paid for, just receive it. It's down at the car lot already paid for, just receive it. Stop driving your Ford Pinto from the 70s and get the car that I provided for you. There's an upgrade available for you. You just got to receive it. But that's what Jesus said. It's to your advantage. Those of you who have a smartphone realize you got to upgrade your phone. Apple has deceptively made our phones of no effect after a few years. It stops upgrading because they want you to buy a new iPhone. It's not a lifelong commitment to that phone. Some people try to make it one, mom. <laughs> but after a while, your, your phone stops upgrading. After a while, you don't have the same apps because they don't work on your phone because it's not upgraded. You don't get the new emojis that everyone gets on their phone because it's not upgraded. And after a while, if you don't upgrade your phone, you notice your charge doesn't keep anymore. You start losing power a little bit easier because your phone hasn't been upgraded. How much more spiritually? A lot of believers look like that. They look like mom's old cell phone. They got so many cracks in it, you cannot even see the image on the front. Hasn't been upgraded in 10 years. The only function that works on it is speakerphone in public places. I'm not even joking. That's the real truth. Forget Bluetooth. Forget Apple Music. Forget any sort of app. There's no room because it needs an upgrade. But why would you do that when an upgrade's available? I got to get off you two in the corner there. Dad has offered many times, I will give you my new iPhone if you would just upgrade. And she says, no. I got all the Holy Ghost I needed when I got saved. It's true. He's still offering his iPhone to her, but she won't accept it. <laughs> But how many of us do the same things with our spiritual life? No, I'm good. I'm good. Are you? You don't even have the upgraded software, are you? You're losing charge, are you? You need some power. You need to upgrade that thing. And that's what happens when we get baptized in the Holy Spirit. We get upgraded. It's to our advantage. I'm going to read this verse one more time. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, 
the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. I was thinking about that word advantage. It's to your advantage. Do you realize there's 168 hours in a week? And most of us spend only two here. It's not that much. And a lot of times we compartmentalize our life into God can work in these two hours on Sunday. But what about the other 166 hours? We compartmentalize our life into here's my spiritual life. Here's my home life. Here's my married life. Here's my kids. Here's my career. Here's my hobbies. Here's my finances. But God doesn't see it like that, and you shouldn't either. Because when the Spirit of God comes and gives you the advantage, the advantage is not for church time only. The advantage is not just for your spiritual life. The advantage is for your every day and your every hour and your every moment, whether you're at church or not. He wants to be the advantage to you. And because you have the Holy Spirit, you're walking around with the advantage. Do you realize, those of you who do business in here, when you go into that room to close a deal, you got the advantage on your side. I'm not in here by myself. I got the advantage on the inside of me. And if I need to know what to say, the Holy Spirit's going to give me the words to say. And if I need to think of something real quickly, the Holy Spirit's going to give me the right answer and the right words to say. Because I'm not in here by myself. I got the advantage in this business deal. When you're going to the job interview, you might not be the most qualified, but you got the advantage on the inside of you. They just like you, and they don't know why they like you. Why? Because you got the advantage on the inside of you. You got favor on your life, but it's not you. It's a spirit dwelling in you, and on you is your advantage. Dealing with your family, dealing with your children, you have the advantage on the inside of you. You're not like other families. You're not like other parents. You have supernatural guidance and wisdom and power and favor because the Holy Spirit's on you, and you got the advantage. Those of you in the medical industry, when you go in to help somebody, you got the advantage on the inside of you. Not just what you learned in school, but what the Spirit of God can help you do. I've heard many times different surgeons who are spirit-filled take breaks during the surgery and go in the corner and pray in the Spirit for a second, and then they would know exactly what to do and go back and perfectly fix the person. Because the Holy Spirit is their advantage. Because when your natural knowledge and wisdom runs out, the Spirit of God rises up in you and gives you the desire and the power and the knowledge and the insight to do what you can't do in your own strength and in your own mind. And you could be the best surgeon in the world. Why? Because you got the advantage. It's not just about your book smarts. It's about the Spirit leading and guiding you into all truth. So even impossible cases can be changed. Why? Because you got the advantage. Do you receive that this morning? So let's stop putting the advantage to two hours here. You don't need it here. You don't need it here. For these two hours, you don't need an advantage. You're just here to learn. You're just here to grow. I'm here to help empower you and to help you to live your life out there. Where you're spending the, the other 166 hours. Where you're spending your real life. And that's why you need to know. No, you have the advantage. And the advantage is going to go with you when you leave this place. When you're with your kids tomorrow. And they don't want to wake up from school. You got the advantage. Remind yourself that. Coffee would help too. But. When you go to work and you can't figure out an issue and you're frustrated about it, don't worry about it. you got the advantage. The Spirit of God is going to help you. Whatever you do in your school, in your job, in your community, 
you have the advantage. Why? Because the Spirit of God lives in you. Let's turn over to John. Let's do John 16, verse 7 again. Amplified, classic, if we can pull it up here. It says, however, I'm telling you nothing but the truth when I say it is profitable, good, expedient, advantageous. Man, when's the last time you used advantageous? You need to start using it. It's a good word. For you that I go away, because if I do not go away, listen to all the names it gives for the Holy Spirit. The Comforter, the Counselor, the Helper, the Advocate, the Intercessor, the Strengthener, and the Standby will not come to you into close fellowship with you. But if I go away, I will send him to you to be in close fellowship with you. For the rest of this message, I want to share some things about how the Holy Spirit practically helps us in our life. This word given for the Holy Spirit, which is translated helper, is the Greek word parakletos. In this word is all these definitions on who the Holy Spirit is. Before we get into those, I want you to know this about the languages of the Bible. We think, because we're Americans and we speak English, like we're awesome. And the language we speak is so cool and advanced. It's not. Sorry, guys. You guys look sad about it. But that's what modern people think, right? You think the ancient people weren't intelligent, didn't have things figured out like us. We're so more advanced and so much more educated. That's a false idea. The ancient languages are way more advanced than the English language. Especially Hebrew and Greek, which the Bible was written in. When you study Hebrew and Greek words, they have way more definitions than English words do. Because they are far more advanced than the English language. But yet we think we know better than they do. That's why it's important to study your Bible because it could be one little word in the New Testament or the Old Testament, but if you looked it up in the Greek and the Hebrew, it would give you a paragraph of definitions and explanations and the meaning behind it that would give the text a brand new meaning that would bring enlightenment to you. But if we just read the Bible on surface level, We will not get everything in it that's really in the Bible. I know it's not an accident that the Bible was written in Hebrew and Greek because they have more tenses and they have more meanings and they have more definitions behind the words than English do because it explains those words better. Still with me? So this word, parakletos, English, the helper, has all these meanings in it that describe who the Holy Spirit is. Now, I have the list, and let's put it up here. These are all the names. In that one word, parakletos, the Greek word, are all these names for the Holy Spirit. And the names of the Holy Spirit tells us who He is and what He does. I love this. In that word, the Holy Spirit is our comforter. That's what he does. He's our counselor. He's our strengthener. He's our encourager. He's our helper. He's our standby. He's our intercessor. He's our advocate. And he's our friend. All in that one word. But you could just look at the word and say, helper, yeah, I like that. But how does he help us? This is how he helps us. He's our comforter, our counselor, our strengthener, our encourager, our helper, our standby, our intercessor, our advocate, and our friend. 
But I want to choose four of these as we close today and talk about them. Four of the names given for the Holy Spirit out of that one Greek word. The first one I want to talk about is the Holy Spirit is your strengthener. The Holy Spirit is your strengthener. I feel like, especially after this past year, a lot of us feel weak. Mentally, spiritually, even physically. We feel tired. We feel worn out. And that's normal for human beings, especially with what we've been through as a world. It's hard on your emotions. It's hard on your mind. It's hard on your spirit. It's even been hard on your physical body, those of you who had physical issues. But here's the good news. You're not alone. And there is someone in you, the Holy Spirit, whose job is to be your strengthener. That's one of the names given for the Holy Spirit. He will be your strengthener. When your strength runs out, there's the Holy Spirit to give you more strength, more spiritual strength, more physical strength, more mental strength, more emotional strength. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're responding today. When your strength runs out, which it will, The Spirit of God in you is called to be your strengthener. If I had a dollar for every time I heard somebody say, I'm tired. I'd be a billionaire. Not just a millionaire, a billionaire. I've said it myself. But you know what that lets me know? You are not taking advantage of the strengthener. You're tired. But you need the Spirit of God, to come and give you supernatural strength. Now, i got some verses for you. Let's read them. Ephesians 3, 16 in the Amplified Bible. This is, a, this is a prayer that Paul is praying for this church. May he grant you out of the riches of his glory to be strengthened and spiritually energized with power through his Spirit. In your inner self, indwelling your innermost being and personality. Notice what he prays. I pray that you would be strengthened and spiritually energized with power through his spirit. Where does the strength come? Through his spirit. The strength comes through his spirit. Let's look at 1 John 4 and 4 in the New Living Translation. It says, but you belong to God, my dear children, and you have already won a victory over these people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. That's how you have strength because the spirit who lives in you, who's the strengthener? is greater than the spirit that lives in the world. The Holy Spirit wants to be your strengthener today. And you need to receive him as that. The next thing is the Holy Spirit wants to be your counselor. He wants to be your counselor. Why do you go to a counselor? Let me tell you why. You go to a counselor for direction, for advice, and for guidance. You go to a counselor for direction, advice, and guidance. Because you need help. You need somebody to help you think right. You need somebody to help you with your emotions. You need somebody to help give you some direction because maybe you don't know what you should do. And it says the Holy Spirit wants to be your counselor. Here's the problem. We go to men first. Before we go to him. We go to Facebook first before we go to him. We type our questions into Google first before we go to him. But the Holy Spirit wants to be our counselor. And you know, I'm not against natural counseling. People need that and I'm for that. They need therapy. They need counseling. But I'm saying never go to that first before you go to him. And really, if you go to a counselor, make sure it's a spirit-filled counselor. 
Because the advice they're going to give you is going to be from the Spirit of God, not just their mind. And I believe in that. I believe that can help you. But it's amazing because now there's apps that you can get on if you're having mental health issues and talk to somebody. You don't have to go into somewhere. You could be at your house or you could be in your car or you could be walking in the park and you can talk to somebody about your issues. How many know the Holy Spirit already has been doing that? For 2,000 years. Because he lives in us. And he gives us the, 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 the ability and the desire and the power to do everything he's called us to do. And that spirit is in us. And he's an ever-present help and counselor wherever we go. So you know what? You don't have to find somebody on an app to talk to. Guess what? He's there in your car. When you don't know what to do when you're at your house and you feel like you can't make a decision, guess what? The counselor's right here. He's in you to give you guidance and direction and advice. When you're at the park and you're walking and you're thinking about, what am I going to do about my money? What am I going to do about my kids? Good news. You don't even got to get on your phone. The counselor's right here waiting to listen and waiting to give counsel for what you need to know. Are you guys receiving what I'm saying But why can we trust his advice? Because he's God. That means he's, another word here, omniscient. He's all-knowing. He knows everything about everything. So the right-thinking answer that makes sense would be, let's talk to him. Because if he knows everything about everything, and I don't know everything about everything, I need to talk to the one who knows all things. He knows more than your parents. He knows more than your pastor. He knows more than your counselor. He knows more than your friends. He knows more than your family. He knows more than your principal, your professor, your doctor, or anyone else. The Holy Spirit lives in you, and he knows all things. Because he's God. And he wants to be your counselor. Let's see here in John 14 and verse 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. All things. All things. All things. And bring to your remembrance all the things I have said to you. So notice he says, I'm going to teach you all things. Not all things about everything, but all things that pertain to you. People are like, well, God's going to tell me all things. No, not everything about everything, all things you need to know. Because first of all, your brain cannot handle all things about everything. But God says, because of the Holy Spirit, he's going to teach you all things you need to know. So if he doesn't tell you, you don't need to know. That's a promise that the Holy Spirit would counsel us By teaching us all things. Now let's look what it says in John 16 and verse 13. John 16 and 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, notice what he says, he will guide you into all truth. He will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. So, In these two passages here, it says the Holy Spirit will tell you all things and he will lead you into all truth pertaining to your life. He will tell you where to live. He will tell you where to go to church. He will tell you what kind of career you need to have. He will tell you who to marry. He will tell you where to send your kids. He will tell you how to make the right business deal. He will lead you into all things and all truth that you need to know if you would just Listen, but you got to receive him as your counselor. You guys still here this morning? Because the counselor is one of the names given for the spirit of God to give direction, advice, and guidance. So he will tell you all things and he will lead you into all truth for your life if you would listen.
Stop saying I don't know what to do. Stop. I know what you're saying. I've said it. You don't know what to do. Keyword. You don't know what to do. But you have the Spirit of God in you who knows what you should do. And if you just listen to him, let him be your counselor, he would tell you what you need to do. I don't know where to go. I don't know who to marry. I don't know what kind of career to get into. I don't know what's the next step for my life. You don't know. That's the point. But the Spirit of God in you, he's your counselor. He will lead you and guide you into all things and all truth if you'll listen. You don't know, but the one in you knows. And if you receive him as that, those answers will come into your heart, into your mind, and you will know the right step to take. Amen? Two more things. The Holy Spirit wants to be your helper. Some of the definitions given of that word parakletos is one who comes alongside to help. That's what the Holy Spirit is. One who comes alongside to help. Here's something I was thinking about this week. Brother Hagin said this, believers need to be more God inside minded. And I believe that quote has everything to do with him being the helper. Now hear what I'm saying here. How can God help me if he's on the other side of the universe? How can God help me if he's up in heaven? How can God help me if he's outside somewhere else where I can't find him? He said believers need to be more God inside minded. Why? Because the help's not outside. The help is on the inside. And he can help me because he's not far away. He's not up in heaven. He's not in some outside place from being. No, believers need to be more God inside minded. Why? Because that's where the help is. The help's on the inside, not on the outside. The help's not in your mind. It's on the inside. The Spirit of God is in you, and so we need to be more God inside minded, not wishing and hoping and praying that God will come deliver us and come help us and come save us. Can you come across the universe and find us? Can you come down from heaven? He already did. He's in you by the Holy Spirit, and when we act like he's not around or he can't help us, we are disrespecting the Spirit of God within us. Believers need to be more God inside minded. The help's right here. I don't need to make a long distance phone call to heaven to get God's attention. The help's right here. God inside minded. But he wants to be your helper. Well, what does he want to help you with? Everything. Everything that's important to you, he wants to help you with. A lot of times, we in the church world have two extremes. All God, all me. we got a good-sized group over here in the body of Christ. The Lord is sovereign. Whatever will be, will be. It's not my fault. Whatever God wants for my life will happen. No, it won't. It's all God. But here's the other side which are people that believe more like us, probably err on this side. It's all me. If I'm going to make it, it's all me. If I'm going to have victory, it's all me. If I'm going to do God's plan for my life, it's all me. No, arrogant. (laughs) It's not all you. What the Bible says, it's God and us together. Working together, co-laboring together. The spirit and the bride say come. It's God and us. Not all God, not all us, God and us. But notice the Holy Spirit is our helper, not our doer. And when we do, then he helps. This is what we want. If he helps, then I'll do. Doesn't work like that. That's not faith. 
God says, when you do, I will help. You know, when I come out here to preach, yes, I kind of know what I'm going to say. But when I do, then he helps. I have preached when I've been depressed. I have preached having panic attacks. I have preached having headaches. I have preached having gout in my foot. I have preached having migraines. I have preached under everything under the sun so far in my life. But I learned something from my lovely father who's over there in the corner. He said, when you do, then he helps. So go ahead and do. And when you get up there, the anointing's going to help you and carry you through it. And it's happened every time. And I'm going to tell you something about God. The worst I have felt, the better I have preached. How does that work? It works because the greater one is helping me. And when I'm weak, he is strong. And when I can't do it, but I'm trying to do it, he comes and helps. Because when I do, then he helps. When I step out in faith, then he helps. When I give, then he helps. When I, when I lay hands on the sick, then he helps. When I witness to my coworker, then he helps. When I give financially, then he helps. When I step out in my calling, then he helps. When I get up to preach, then he helps. But I got to do something first for him to work with before he can help me. It's like, I love the helper, but do something to give him something to work with. Say, he's not helping. And he's saying, but you're not doing anything. Nothing to help with here. But notice, we have to do before he helps. Once again, what do we want? We want him to help before we do. What's that? You want the feelings to come first. It will never work that way the rest of your life. Because it requires no faith. No, when we step out in faith, then he will help. How many Bible stories do you need to know that? He told Moses, step out into the Red Sea and start walking. Didn't start parting. Still, he started stepping. (laughs) No water started to move until he put his foot in the water. Why? Because when you do, then he helps. David and Goliath, you got to get your, your rocks out and you got to get your sling and start throwing them. Because when you do, then I will help. But until you do something, he will not help you. He's the helper, not the doer. But the good news is you're not alone. He wants to help you. The Holy Spirit is your helper. I went long today. You're saying, what a surprise, Pastor. It's not my fault. I love you. I got so much I want to tell you. I spent 166 hours without you, thinking about you on what I'm going to say. How can I fit it in an hour? It's hard. And notice, we're only getting to four of these. There was like nine up there that we shared. Last one, the Holy Spirit is your encourager. Where do you go for encouragement? Not social media. (laughs) I would just like a case of depression today. Get on social media. There you go. You're not getting encouragement on there. Where do you go for encouragement? We need encouragement as people. As human beings on this planet, we need encouragement. And we are living in some of the most discouraging times to live in, in the natural with the most discouraging, negative people around us, at work, in our house, wherever we go. So what do we do about that? Well, you got to get your encouragement from somewhere else. Because you won't survive without encouragement. But the Holy Spirit is your divine encourager. I love it in the Old Testament. It said David encouraged himself. In the Lord. Now, how did he do that? He'd encourage himself with himself. He encouraged himself with the Lord. The Spirit of God was there. But the Holy Spirit wants to be your encourager. And now, now how does he do how does he encourage you practically? He reminds you of what God has said about you. Let's give you a verse. 
John 14, verse 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. Notice, he will bring all things to your remembrance that I've said to you. The Holy Spirit is our encourager because he reminds us, brings to our remembrance what God has said about us that's true. The Holy Spirit will remind you, here's something, who you are. You're loved, you're chosen, you're forgiven, you're sanctified, you're set free. You're a royal priesthood. You are blessed coming in and blessed going out. You are the head and not the tail. You are a victor and not a victim. He will remind you of who you are, and it encourages you when God reminds you of who you are. He will remind you of what you're called to do when you feel discouraged about it. He will remind you about how much he loves you. The Holy Spirit, notice, he will bring to remembrance all the things I have said to you. What are all the things in this book? But there's, there's something about a reminder that you play a part in. There's been several times I have put a reminder on my phone to wake me up at a certain time. Sometimes I have a hard time sleeping, so, so that means I have a hard time waking up. So I put a reminder on my phone. And there's been many a times that I didn't wake up in the morning. I looked at my phone and I was ticked. Apple, what is your problem? Why did you not wake me up? You're responsible for me. And I looked at my phone and I looked at the alarm clock and I looked at the reminder and I never put anything in it. So it had nothing to work with to remind me of. Now, I've been raised in a Word of Faith church my whole entire life, and many a times on test day, knowing good and well, I did not study anything about anything, but I was a smooth talker, and I passed the class. I got to the test, and I said, Lord, Be merciful to me. I am a sinner with wretched hands. (laughs) But you know, kids that grew up in a word of faith church like ours pray that prayer when they get to the test. And I said next, Lord, bring to remembrance everything I studied. And God said, you didn't study anything, so there ain't nothing to bring (laughs) to your remembrance. We could search through the archives all day long, but you never read anything. You never studied anything so you can pray that but since you didn't put anything in you nothing's coming back out of you I can't remind you of something that you didn't put in you in the first place and the Holy Spirit wants to be your encourager but he can't remind you of something that you don't have in you that's why we need to put the word of God in us like an old preacher said one time put the word of God in you when you don't need it so it will be there when you do need it And when we do that, just by you coming to church, you got some deposits in you that the Holy Spirit can remind you about this week. When you wake up and you listen to a podcast, you're putting things in you that the Spirit of God can remind you of. When you read your Bible and you study it and you got it on your phone and you're listening to the Bible, you're putting it in you. And sometimes it doesn't feel significant at the time, does it? Sometimes it could feel boring. Sometimes it could feel like, why did I read that? I didn't get anything out of it. But you're putting that in it for when you need it most, it will come to your remembrance. So you put the word of God in you when you don't need it. So it will be there when you do need it. But the spirit of God can only encourage you if you've put something in you that he can remind you of the words that God has spoken to you you got to put something in for something to come out. I know there's happened many times in my life, and I know the same for you. You have read the most random scripture, like Zephaniah 1.3 or Job 37. And on a random day, 
out of nowhere. You're like, God, I need an answer. And that verse comes up to you. What in the world? Where did that verse come from? You know where it came from? The Holy Spirit, your divine encourager. He said, I will bring to your remembrance all things that you need to know. I will bring it to your remembrance when you need it the most. There is no such thing as wasted time when you're putting the word in you. Never. Because that word will see you again in the future when you need it the most. And the Holy Spirit will bring it to your remembrance and give you divine encouragement and remind you of what his word says. Come on, isn't that good? Last verse, and I'm really going to close. John 16, 14 through 15 in the New King James. Still talking about the encourager. He will glorify me for notice what he will do. He will take what is mine, the word, and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said, the Holy Spirit, he will take what is mine, that word, and knows what he'll do. He'll declare it to you, encouragement. Let's look at the passion. I love the way this brings it out, the passion. John 16, if we have it here. I think it's John 16, 14, and 15. Do we have it? Are we good? He will glorify me on earth, for he will receive from what is mine and reveal it to you. And notice what it says in verse 15. Everything that belongs to the Father belongs to me. That's why I say that the divine encourager. Isn't that great? The passion brings it out. The divine encourager will receive what is mine, the word, and reveal it to you. Did you guys get anything today? I appreciate you coming today. Thank you so much for listening today. For more information about what's happening at Church on the Rock, visit cotrin.org.